Are you completely overwhelmed this time of year as an elementary music teacher, band director, choir director? Of course you are. There's no time. Today I'm going to share a free chapter of my book, Happier Music Teacher, 50 Days to Being a Happier Music Teacher at Home and at School, on delegation as one of the most powerful self-care tools you might not be taking full advantage of. Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhon. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former stressed hot mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro actions so that you can be a happier music teacher. Have it all, but don't do it all. Want to hear one of my pet peeves? Band directors setting up their own chairs and stands every day. Choir directors sorting their own octavos. General music teachers organizing their own hand percussion. Orchestra directors folding their own programs. Why? Because it is a waste. And you're depriving others of being a valuable part of your program and building community. Can you tell I feel strongly, perhaps absurdly strongly, about this subject? I want you to be a servant. I think servant leadership is beautiful. I believe that a heart that is student-centered is our goal. I truly feel that I am not above any job on campus. However, if you are thinking of your program as a one-man or one-woman show, you're missing the point. You're going to be up at the school early or late, cursing under your breath as you drag chairs, sort music, organize your hand percussion, and fold your own programs. And your inner, underappreciated, and tired martyr is going to have a field day with your thoughts. Question. Are these highly skilled jobs? Do you need a degree in music education to execute them properly? Let me answer my rhetorical questions. No. Can you fold your programs straighter than your students? Yes. So what? Pull the ones that bother you and have them refold them. Head program folder is one title that you can relinquish. Can your students put chairs and stands accurately on the gaffer's tape that you've placed to mark the floor at the beginning of the year? I think they can. And if it is a little imperfect, couldn't you remedy it quicker than doing the whole setup from scratch? Congratulations. You now have student equipment managers that will take pride in their work and greater ownership in your program. How about sorting that hand percussion? Can your students distinguish between a wiro and a maraca with 85% accuracy? There's an I can statement for you. Then I think they passed the rigorous audition process to come sanitize and sort your instruments when you have a need. That honor choir music that needs to be returned to a neighboring school and is currently a disorganized mess? This calls for student helpers to sort the music into piles by piece. Shoot, if you're ambitious, you can have your band students put music in score order. We did it when I was a student. Agreed that you must pick the right students and communicate your expectations to them, their teachers, and their families. I'm also explicitly clear that my helpers get good grades and have excellent behavior. Although I've been burned once or twice, I still think the relationships, plus the time and energy saved, have been worth it. One of the kindergarten teachers told me how much pride her former student had about being my music helper. Parent volunteers can also be major lifesavers. 
If you're in a school where the parents have enough bandwidth to volunteer, give them jobs to do. Let them sort the scarves that your students wear for Veterans Day. Allow the uber-organized alpha mom the chance to organize your classroom library without an ounce of guilt. Let your parent group handle the snacks for your after-school choir. And when they work on these tasks for you, spoil them. Lavish them with praise. Brag about them on your ensemble's social media page. Because you aren't treating this as an entitlement. It's a blessing to you and your program. You see, when you are doing the time-consuming, tedious tasks, there's a lot you aren't free to do. The things that you're uniquely qualified to do. Are you the most qualified person to do score study on your contest pieces? Absolutely. Should anyone else be planning your units and lessons? No. You spend a lot of time and energy getting a piece of paper saying that you know what you're doing in that regard. Unfortunately, no one else can sharpen the saw of personal musicianship for you by doing instrument practice or listening to high-quality music. There is no shortage of tasks in your room that can keep you busy. But busy isn't the goal. Not all tasks are equally worthy of your limited time and energy. We can even have a full day of work that leaves us completely physically exhausted with very little to show for it that will move your program forward. There is something satisfying about completing a repetitive task because there's proof that you accomplished something. Sometimes it is tempting to hang out there because the bigger wins in our field are harder to come by. Sometimes it feels easier to just knock out a job in a few minutes then go through the hassle of arranging for someone else to complete it. When you choose to stay in this cycle, you are choosing to hold your program back because of your need for control. However, when you make purposeful delegation one of your rhythms, I think you're going to love the margin that it gives you. Moral of the story, you cannot and should not do it all. My action plan. What areas can you immediately think of that would be good to delegate? Are there other areas that could be a benefit to you if they had some simple training? Who immediately comes to mind as good candidates for parent volunteers or student helpers? When will you use their help? A regular day? Every class period? Contest season? During an ensemble rehearsal? What will your ground rules be for student help? How will you communicate this to them and their parents? What will you do to show them thanks? Treats every holiday? Handwritten notes? Other? This section is called Mindset Minute. The first part of our podcast is devoted to micro actions, those small habits and daily actions that make our lives better. Mindset Minute gets into what you're actually thinking as a music teacher and how it might affect you for good or for bad. Today, we're going to address microwaves and slow cookers. This is a concept I got from Dave Ramsey, and I just love. When you think about a microwave meal, it's fine. It gets the job done. It's quick. It's easy. But it's not the same as a slow cooker meal when you come home to the house smelling good, something that's been simmering all day like a good roast or a stew. When we're making changes, microwave changes are great, and they're gratifying, and they're quick, and we like them. But they may not be as long-lasting as a slow cooker change. A slow cooker change is something that you're doing every day as part of your life. It's a habit. On its own, in just one day, it's not going to be a game changer. It's not going to be anything flashy. It's going to be drinking that extra glass of water, going to bed five or ten minutes earlier, flossing, 
But over time, all those habits compound, and before long, when you look up, you have turned into someone with healthy habits. I hope you enjoyed that excerpt of my book. To purchase, go to fflatbooks.com and search for Happier Music Teacher in the search bar. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and tell a friend.